Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome back to the Interleague. Today's special episode will be ASMR. Because we are going to be calm about baseball this week. Yes, that is right. I'm going to whisper baseball. Baseball. How many viewers do you think we get asthma interleague in? I don't know. I, it we're made me we're feel, about to find out. It made me feel uncomfortable. So it made you feel, dude. <laughs> I was kind of feeling it. I felt like I could have done that. The rest I know. Of the episode. I know. If you did that for the rest of the episode, we have one friend who told us that he has a hard time listening through an entire episode because he doesn't like baseball. He would totally tune in. Okay. Okay. We're one more unique viewer or listener soon. That's a plus on our side. So we'll take it into consideration. We're going to put it in our back pocket. You never know. It might come back. It might not. Uh, hit us up on Twitter if you need the 15-minute uh, asthma section on the Interleague. But uh, welcome to the show. As always, I'm Chris Spags. You with me? I'm here. I'm here. You with me? Yeah. Right. I can't stop yawning. It's really getting annoying, dude. Well, it was Labor Day, so happy Labor Day. That's You're supposed <laughs> to yawn on Labor Day. So. Oh, well, I'm killing it then. Yeah. That's how you know you're having a good Labor Day. Nice when you yawn at you know, yep. nine twenty p.m. because you're just old fuck and you're like it's bedtime, dude. Hey, it should be bedtime for some of us, but some of us pioneers in the industry, just, you know, trying to get our <laughs> podcast out there. So. Yeah, putting in the work <laughs> necessary. To and sadly, like I'm starting vacation, yeah, like next four days off for the rest of this week. And I'm like, 9.30 bedtime, baby. Let's do Let's do that. Uh, so I just, today's my last day of vacation. Um, and I went hard staying up pretty late the first couple nights. And then was like, I can't. I can't do this anymore. Yeah. Like, I can't get too far off my sleep schedule. Let's like, I think the latest I slept in was to like 10.30. Yeah, like, hugely, so it's usually like two nights out of like every two weeks, or I guess three nights out of every two weeks that uh, my sleep schedule takes a little bit of a hit. Cause like usually I'm not up, like at least I'm in bed normally by like 10, 30, 11 o'clock. So whenever we record, it's like Monday nights, I tend to get to bed a little bit later. Cause obviously usually pretty amped up talking about baseball or whatnot. And we'll usually chat and bullshit and just kind of catch up afterwards sometimes and so we're usually up a little bit later um mm -hmm. and then whenever we nerd out and i play dnd every other friday i get so amped up during the sessions and like so engaged <laughs> mentally that i need time to like come down and it's just an imaginary game dude like i just get way too into it and uh so at least that's a friday night though but it's like every yeah. monday night i'm like Tuesday mornings, I drag ass because I'm up to like midnight, one o'clock in the morning, and that's way later than I'm usually up. So, yep, agreed. But yeah, so we're uh, episode 18. Um, it's kind of a tale of two different stories for our teams right now. Um, I would very much like to just talk about the simulation season. I don't really <laughs> want. To, I don't really want to talk <laughs> about my Yankees. Um, uh... It's uh, it's rough. It's been a rough couple of days. Tonight's been a roller coaster, and now it's just you know it crashed, um, like the just the wheels wheels fell off. Everything went south. But uh, I guess before we get into that, we can start you off with a simulation update. Uh, keep things you know on the agenda on the the normal flow. Um, 
think it goes without saying both of our teams are still holding first place pretty firmly uh, in their respective divisions. Uh, Cardinals struggled, I guess, a little bit compared to how they were playing. Um, they really set the bar high going 6-0 and the previous week, so it was going to be tough to match that. Uh, but they went 3-4. and four. Uh, They split a four-game series with the Phillies and lost two out of three to Arizona on the road. Uh, but they're 88-55, and 55, so still a stellar record. It's 33 games above 500. You know, take that every year, you know, at this point in the season for sure. Um, they did extend their division lead even going 3-4 and four by another game, so they're now 17 games up on Milwaukee, 19.5 uh, up on Cincinnati, and then Pittsburgh and Chicago are both a whopping 31 games back. Um, they are still second in the NL behind the imaginary numbers that the Dodgers are putting up, who are now 107-37 and 37, uh, through the games on Sunday. Um, I think... When I looked at the stats, they're actually 108 and 37, but they won their game today. And I was, I try to keep it just like the same seven-day stretch, like Monday through Sunday every week. So, yeah. So some of these numbers might be a little off because I didn't check all of the teams, but uh, for our our team's records don't include the games that they had on the schedule for today. Um, but yeah, so Cardinals just doing what they need to do. Uh, what it's like. 20 games left in the season and they're 17 games up on Milwaukee. Yeah, so they should be all right. yeah, they, sh- they should be fine. Um, Yankees are kind of in the same boat. They went four and two last week, took two out of three uh, from Boston and Baltimore, both on the road. Uh, they also added a one game lead to their division lead. Uh, so Tampa, they are up 13 games on Tampa Bay, uh, 21 and a half on Boston, 26 on Baltimore, 27 on Toronto. Um, and they're in the, the same boat, 87-55, so half game behind the Cardinals. Um, they're tied with Oakland for the second best record in the AL, uh, but they're a half game behind Cleveland at this point. Cleveland's 88-55. The A's are also 87-55, and that's where the Yankees are at. Um, so if you've removed the Dodgers, that, that top seed, you know, home field advantage in the World Series – uh, it's a pretty tight race between those teams. Um, I think Washington has kind of fallen off a little bit. They're a couple games behind the Cardinals now, I think. Um, let me bring that up real quick. I know I had it up still. Um, right here. Um, yeah, so the Nationals are 87 and 57. Um, some, some, they might have one last game played than that. I don't know if they had a game today or not, so... But they're, they're right there in the same vicinity, uh, like two games behind the Cardinals. It looks like the Cardinals won their game. So they're, spoiler, they're 89 and 55. What's the uh, <laughs> what's the best record that there ever has been in baseball? Um, two-game season? I, I want to say it's like 116 games. Uh, the Chicago Cubs, 116 and 36. Um. Yeah, so in a 162-game season, uh, the Mariners, yeah, 116 in 2001. Okay, yeah, 116 and 46. Yeah, and then, but yeah, the 06 Cubs went 116 and 36, which I think is like yeah, the best not... the best win percentage ever in baseball. It's 763. Yeah, it wasn't 162 games, though. Right. Um, but... Yeah, so the Mariners in 01, they had a 716 win percentage, and right now the Dodgers have a 745 win percentage. 
Um, the Rockies are currently holding on to the second wild card spot, and they're 36 and a half games out on the division. <laughs> that's, that's so bad, dude. dude so the 98 rough. Yankees went 114 and 48, dude. You were probably thrilled that year. Not oh, dude. Yeah, the, the 98 Yankees are. The 98 Yankees are arguably one of, like, for a single season, are arguably one of the best teams ever to play the game. I, I know you were excited about them. 27 Yankees went 110 44. Oh, yeah. I watched every one of their games yeah, that year. All those. <laughs> the 30. The 39 Yankees, dude, the Yankees are on the list a lot, man. Yeah, they had some good teams back in the day. Uh, it's just been a bit, been a minute since we really put up a, well, that's okay, a real the, big performance like that. The St. Louis Browns in 1887 had a 7.04 win percentage. Dude. They went 95 and 40, so. There you go. Just killing it in the 1800s. But yeah, so uh, things are looking good, though. Uh, both of our teams should kind of cakewalk into the playoffs over the last three weeks of the season. Um, Cardinals are, I guess, battling Washington for home field advantage. Uh, the Nationals have a six-game lead over Atlanta now, so they probably clinch the division. Um, the Indians are only four and a half up on the Twins, so I guess that could get reeled in. Um, and then the A's are beating up on the are six and a half up on the Astros. Uh, so those those three divisions, I guess it could flip flop. Um, but you're looking at yeah, you know, uh, and the Angels are only seven games back on on Oakland. Um, but yeah, so Dodgers, Cardinals, Nationals, Braves are all pretty much locks. Um, and I lied, the Rockies don't have the the second wild card Milwaukee does uh the Rockies are a, a game behind them um Brewers are 72 and 72 Rockies are 72 and 74 um so you're really you're really just competing for that last spot and it's probably four or five teams really that are fighting for the last wild card Milwaukee Colorado uh the Padres are 70 and 74 Reds are 69 and 74. A couple teams are 68 and 76. Uh, the Mets, Phillies, and Diamondbacks. Um, so, I mean, what? That's four games back of the leader. Yeah, so you have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams within four games of the last wild card spot. Um, so we'll we'll see. I mean, I guess that, that could be entertaining, but it looks like it'll be Cardinals, Nationals probably to to open up the, the playoffs um, just needs to be decided on whether it's three in St. Louis or three in Washington um, on the AL side. Like I said, uh, the Yankees pretty much have the division locked up, but they're fighting with Cleveland and Oakland for top seed. So who plays who could make a difference. Um, twins at the first wild card at 84 and 60. And then the Astros are 81 and 63. Angels are 81 and 64. Um, and then that's really it. Like the next best record after that is like slightly below 500. So our Mariners are 74 and 70, like six and a half games back. So you're really looking at like the Twins, Astros, Angels fighting for a wild card right now. But the Twins could catch the Indians. Astros or Angels could catch the A's. Um and then the Rays also, sorry, are are 
trying to get in there, but they're, you know, they're in the same boat as Seattle. They're only a half game from them. So, yeah, it's really, really six teams fighting for playoff spot in the AL. Um, so definitely not nearly as exciting. Um, six teams of which five of them will go. And that, and I know you have seven teams fighting, which one of them will go. Yeah. So way, way more exciting there. But our teams are looking good, and that's that's really all that we care about. At least in the simulated season. <laughs> yep. Yeah. We're looking good. <laughs> yep. Um, I'm a firm believer that my Yankees are not going to be in a playoff spot after this series. Um, uh, I don't know. I think it's a little too early. I think they are like inching themselves out of there, but I mean, they still well, got some time to kick themselves into gear. I, I guess like they don't, there's only 20 games left counting tonight. They're probably going to lose tonight. Cause you know, Chad Green and Ottavino fell apart. Um, the game's technically not over yet, but I think it's like the bottom of the eighth, and Toronto's up twelve to six. Yeah, uh, top of the ninth. Yeah, Yan- Yankees were up six to two going into the bottom of the sixth, and then it was twelve to six going into the top of the seventh. Um, to you, you the really, Ray, the Rays called Toronto and was like, "Hey, here's what you're doing wrong." Uh, yeah, I mean, like, and the sad part is, is that it it kind of shaped up to be exactly what you would anticipate. Um, so like what, when I was looking at it earlier, um, so Jordan Montgomery started, he's, you know, like the, the number five pitcher for sure. Um, he got shelled his last time out. So you're, you were hoping like, Hey, just get us some innings. He didn't even get out of the first in his last start. And tonight you know, he got you three and a third. Um, he gave up some hits. He got into some trouble. He gave up runs in the first and the second, but he settled down, just didn't really have a strikeout type pitch. So a lot of balls put in play. He was up to like 80 plus pitches. Uh, so they pulled him, went to Holder. Um, normally you would have seen like probably Canely get into the mix of all of this. But you got an inning and two thirds out of Holder. So he, he corrected it, put it right back on to like, cool, we're through the fifth. So we're lined up for Chad Green to pitch the sixth, Adovino to pitch the seventh, Britton to pitch the eighth, Chapman to pitch the ninth game over um chad green and Ottavino combined to go one third of an inning they gave up five hits walked four guys gave up 10 runs <laughs> like, that's rough yeah so and then like sessa comes in get goes an inning and two thirds perfect no hits no walks nothing uh clark schmidt comes in who's rookie walks two but he strikes out two uh gets through a scoreless eighth so it's like outside of that, that one third of an inning that they pitched, you know, like the 10 batters that they faced or whatever, 11 batters that they faced that like 10 of them scored, just terrible. Like just hey. can't, can't win games like that. Like you can't give up 10 run innings and expect to play competitive baseball. You yeah, can't do I, don't it. Think, I don't think there's any a time that you can just give up 10 runs in an inning and think you're good to go. So, Glaber Torres, though, big double right here. You got a man on second and third. Yeah. Clint Frazier with another base hit. Heads at bat. Oh. Yeah, but but again, we'll we'll see. I mean, like, they need to put up a sixth spot here, you know, and and then hope. But would you have liked to see them got anything at the deadline that would have helped them tonight? Yeah. Like, I I mean, because you were pretty big on the bullpen. Like, the bullpen shouldn't have 
uh, got blown up tonight, but like you got a different starter than Montgomery's not even playing tonight. Like, yeah, I mean, like I, I don't, I don't mind Jordan Montgomery. Like he's had flashes of brilliance. There's times where he's looked real good. And don't get me wrong, Toronto has a really good offense. Like they're a good team. Um, their downfall is going to be that if they don't score seven or eight runs, they're going to lose. Um, but they went out and added a whole bunch of pitching pieces where, like, maybe that won't be the case. Like, they get a couple starts here or there. Like, they added three starters. Um, yeah. I don't think one of them pitched tonight. Uh, yeah, no, they picked up Ryu in the offseason, and this is kind of their ace. And the Yankees got to him for five runs in five innings. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, th- this is a game that you should have won. Like, if you have a 6-2 lead going into the latter innings, like you just need 12 outs with the Yankees bullpen the way that it is, that's a game that you have to win. And so often over the course of the last three weeks, it hasn't been. Um, assuming they lose this game, the Yankees will be 5-14 and 14 in their last 19 games. Like, that's terrible. And yeah. the, the worst part about all of that is that they started off so good. So good. That even with even with losing 14 of their last of uh, their last 19 games, they're still gonna be above 500. Like they'll still be 21 and 20. Yeah. Um, which is just it's insane. But like they looked so good prior to this stretch. They swept Atlanta, um, and then uh, looks like probably sack fly there. Um, so they swept Atlanta and, oh, ground out, drove in a run. I just got the update that they scored a run and I didn't see what was going on. Um, so they swept Atlanta in a, in a two game series and then swept Boston in a four game series. So looked, looked great. They won those six in a row, bounced back after getting swept by Tampa Bay. And then it just, it's been a shit show since then, like blowing leads late, blowing big leads. Yeah, like this is another four-run lead after the fifth inning that they blew. Like it, it's just not you're not like you're not going to win games that way. Just that's the the bottom line. Like you just aren't you aren't going to win baseball games if that's what your bullpen's doing. Yeah. Brick Brett Gardner just grounded out to end the game. Yeah, doesn't surprise me. Batting with a fucking 170 batting average. Hey, I guess the guys in my squad that are on the 170 batting average, but uh, all the outfielders, pretty much just the whole outfield core, about 170. Well, really, minus, it, it's it's really just that one, one. Yeah, it's really just that one position yeah. that uh, that's a problem. But I guess yeah. like so to to before we get into the cars, we can we can wrap. Yeah, yeah, I can yeah. cover cover the Yankees pretty quickly. I was like, I'm, they're frustrating me beyond beliefs. Like, I don't really care if we don't talk about them in depth. Uh, but there were some things that went down that I, I think are worth talking about. Um, you know, again, like, so to, to kind of continue this stretch, because what, uh, here, let's see, who, I forget exactly who, like, this terrible trajectory started against. I'm pretty sure it was the Rays, but. Let's go. Let's go look. Or it might have been Atlanta. I think that's what it was. I think it was the second series with the Braves, like that things really went south. No, it it, it was the, it was the Rays. Yeah. So they yeah. So they lost three out of four to the Rays. Then they bounce back, win six straight, two over Atlanta, four over the Red Sox. Then they get swept by the Rays. Then they have the series against the Mets gets postponed because of COVID. They have a day off. The rainout against the Braves that gets moved to a doubleheader. 
They lose both games of the doubleheader, a day off, lose both games of a doubleheader to the Mets. Then they finally start to look like they're going to bounce back. They win the, the middle game and then win the doubleheader to wrap up that series. So they're like, all right, cool. We just took three in a row. Like we get, we went through this bad stretch. It's behind us. We're going to go in and we're going to play Tampa Bay. Let's have a big series. They lose two out of three in that series. That's what started this week. Um, it's like last Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So the end of August, 1st and 2nd of September. Garrett Cole struggled again. Um, Tyler Glass now looks as good as advertised. Um, he gave up two hits over six innings from Glass now. Um, Yankees got to the Rays bullpen, um, but they held on. I think they won like four to two, something like that. So it's a close game. Good game. At least they didn't get blown out. Five to three. So same difference, just different score. Um, the Tuesday games where all the fireworks happen, if anyone paid attention, um, I guess there, there's like this bad blood. Uh, Yankees were kind of chirping about the Rays throwing up and in, which I personally don't have a problem with. Um, but Tanaka's on the mound. Um, he kind of was the, the glass now of game two. Uh, went six innings, only gave up three hits. Um, I think he technically, like, through the top of the sixth, the Yankees were losing still, uh, but they put up a couple runs in the bottom of the sixth, so I believe Tanaka got the win. Um, but, uh, I, I, yeah, I, Yankees just got to the Rays bullpen. That's what they'd been doing. They won 5-3. to three. So, in that game, though, uh, Chapman throws a fastball at a guy, which Chapman throws pretty hard. Um, came in, I think, at like 101, 102 or something like that. And if this dude didn't duck, it would have hit him in the ear. Like, so I guess, like, Yankees were, were mad about the Rays throwing up and in. I think one guy got hit, whatever the case may be. I don't know. Like, whatever. Like, if you're not getting hit by pitches but a guy wants to throw you up and in, then by all means, I mean, like, it's, it's there. Like, if you're throwing a guy up and in because you're trying to hit him, like, in the hands or the elbow, you're trying to injure somebody, that's a problem. But if yeah. you're just, like, you have the plate to work with. Up and in is a thing. Like, if you have to respect the fastball up and in, then you're not going to lean out over the plate, and that makes their breaking balls off the plate that much more effective. Like, that's how you pitch. That's what happens at the major leagues. Let's fucking deal with it. Like, oh, they're thrown to an area I don't like. It's like playing video games with your buddies. And like, you got to throw it in the strike zone. Yeah, like, you're cheating if you throw balls. Like, well, no, I like, just... Don't chase shitty pitches. Like if you're if you're gonna make like a gentleman's agreement and be like, hey, like let's not worry about making this difficult and let's just see who can put up more runs and it's gonna be pretty offensive. So we're gonna throw everything in the strike zone in the strike zone. Then by all means. But if you're like playing an online game against like a complete stranger or something and then bitching and moaning that they're striking you out left and right because they keep throwing balls, but you keep swinging at them, that's on you. <laughs> that's on you as the hitter. So, I don't know, like, I didn't really see anything where the Yankees were were chirping about it, but that's what the Rays players were saying. That's just what the reports have been, that they were saying shit in the dugout or whatever. Um, but either way, regardless of what happened, I don't think Tampa Bay necessarily did anything wrong. The only thing I disagree with in the whole thing is Chapman throwing 102 at a guy's head. Like, that's completely uncalled for. Yeah. Um, I do think that... The outcome of that, though, with him getting a three-game suspension, even though he didn't hit anybody, um, so it's not even like he threw at a guy's head and then plunked a batter and then hit another guy or, like, threw behind a guy or whatever. Like, it was really just that one pitch, I think. Like, um, again, like, the Yankees were pissing me off pretty bad, so I wasn't watching a lot of their games this week. Um, I was more so just, like, paying attention to the score. Yeah. But... 
so Joe Kelly got his big suspension, um, and I get that it got appealed and got reduced a little bit, but he also didn't hit anybody. So this is now like the second pitcher, at least that I know of, um, that has served a multi-game suspension for not hitting a player. You know, whereas like usually that's kind of how it was. Like if you threw the guy, you were warned. If you threw him at him again, they felt it was intentional. You were ejected. Maybe there was a fine, but there really weren't suspensions around it. And this year, it's been completely different. Like, yeah. But in both those cases, there was like, uh, like a little feud going on between players or the team. You know, it wasn't like Aroldis Chapman accidentally just let one go and it was right behind his head. Like there had been some stuff going on that led up to that pitch. Um, just like in the Joe Kelly, Joe Kelly was thrown at him uh, because they cheated in games last year. So right. I, but, I think if you see one that like is going to be a close call, that there wasn't really thing that uh, uh, instigated it, that I don't think you're going to see a suspension on it. Right. And, and I, I get like that may be accurate, but all all I'm pointing out is the difference of like if this were last year, may like Chapman probably doesn't get suspended, like at all. Like yeah, he threw the guy, so both benches would have been both dugouts would have been warned, both teams would have been warned. No one else threw to anybody. There were no ejections following that. Um, the bench clearing stuff didn't happen until after the game was over. Um, after Chapman got the last out, then like. People exchanged some words, but like nothing came like nothing came about from that. Uh, Boone and Cash both got fined, the and I think they both served a one-game suspension, um, and that was for their comments that were made after the game, like in their interviews. Um, but I think like if that same thing happens in 2019, that Chapman like nothing happens. I think the same thing with Joe Kelly, like nothing happens. But because of what came out with the Astros and then Kelly went after him and, you know, whatever, and you kind of set the bar like, hey, we know you didn't hit anybody, but we feel you threw at somebody with intent and we're going to suspend you for that. Now you have to suspend every other player. It can't just be the Astros that you're protecting. So now anytime someone throws and you feel there's intent, rather than it being benches warned and a fine to that player, you're going to start seeing suspensions held, you know, dealt out. And I, I, I guess it's it's fine. Like I don't want to see anyone hurt. Um, I'm not saying Chapman shouldn't have been suspended. Like throwing a hundred at a guy's head, it's fucked up. Um, but it, it's just a different approach that that the MLB is doing this year, and it'll be interesting to see if it continues at that level, or if as things start to calm down and like you know ev- everything kind of the dust settles on all the Houston stuff. Like you know, call it 2021, 2022 that things start to go back to that normal level. Um, and I also hope that players don't just like bitch and moan and hope to like take away guys throwing up and in. Cause that's just dumb. That's like bitching about Tati sitting a grand slam on a three Oh pitch. that you just threw lobber over the middle of the plate. No, I think we'll, I think we'll know the difference between up and in and we're intentionally thrown at guys. Like, I think the situation is going to be what determines that. Um, I, I think it is interesting. I just, I think unless something leads up to them throwing at someone's head, I don't think we're going to see suspensions out of it at normal, unless like the guy's done it a couple times or something. Like that, but. Right, like like how it was. But yeah. and that's and that's why I'm this interested because 2020 hasn't been that way. 
Um, I, the, the feud's fun. Like I, I like that the Rays and Yankees are getting a little hot blooded. It reminds me of, you know, like the early 2000 Red Sox rivalry, um, since they're as bad as they are right now. Um, don't get me wrong. I, I very much love that we're beating up on Boston. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's allowed it to be fun. Um, I guess the, the reason why it isn't fun is because usually it's like, Yankees Red Sox was a lot of fun for me because a lot of the times, like through me getting into baseball and growing up through that time frame, it was pretty much dominated by the Yankees, mm-hmm. and the Rays have just taken it to the Yankees this year. <laughs> um, it's it's been rough because like even in like, and at, at least the games have been good, like close for the most part. Like the the Rays took two out of three. They ended up winning the rubber match um, on Wednesday. But again, like Montgomery, that's when that was the start where he didn't get out of the first inning, and he gave up like a double, then a home run, and then a double and a home run in the first four batters. Like four guys had batted, and the Rays were up four to nothing. And the final score, the Rays ended up winning five to two. So the bullpen for that game for the Yankees combined to pitch eight and two thirds innings, and they allowed one run on three hits. You know, and then tonight they had two guys that combined that are supposed to be your better relievers combined for one third of an inning and they gave up 10 runs on five hits and four walks. So it's just like, what the F guys? Like why we're, we lost the other game, like just blow up there, but like hold this lead against Toronto, you know, whatever. Um, but then they had the one last makeup game against the Mets that the bullpen faltered again there. Um, Yankees were up four to nothing pretty early blew that lead then they, so it was four to four then they took the lead seven to four and then Britton and chapman Britton gives up a run in our two runs in the eighth chapman gives a home run up a home run up in the ninth then it goes into extras dumb base running by tyler wade the yankees don't score first batter i think it's like the second pitch uh in the bottom of the 10th two run walk off mets win nine to seven so another game that the yankees should have won that they didn't that this slide just continued um, then they go into Baltimore and I know we talked about it. How, like we always felt that like in, in our opinion, Baltimore always had the Yankees number. And then we hear yep. this crazy stat that like the Yankees have won 17 in a row against Baltimore. And like, they just beat up on Baltimore real bad over the last couple of years. And I get that that's what the stats say, but I feel like that that's a lie and that's some bullshit. Yeah. That's some bullshit. And then here we are in a big series where like the Yankees need to win. They're playing a team that's pretty that's playing probably above their level of talent. Um, but I, th- I think there's a handful of teams that are, that are probably in this echelon that are playing a little worse than they likely should be, or playing a little better than they should be. Um, like I would say like the Brewers and Reds, I expect to be a, a little better than what they have been this year. Uh, I think the Cardinals also could be a little better than what they are. I don't think the Cubs are, you know, really as good as what they jumped out to. Um, it's like just as some examples of like teams that are slightly better, slightly worse, and there may not be time for that to correct so much. Um, I think over 162 games, Baltimore may have a couple stretches where they play 500 baseball for 30 games, but then they're going to go 10 and 20 and, you know, a couple times. And they just will never have that 20 and 10 stretch to counteract it. So they won't be a 500 team, but in a 60 game season, they, they aren't going to have that time frame where they really need to, to step it up. Um, like they're, they, I think they've won three in a row. Now they were off tonight, um, with the Yankees losing, they're like a, a half game back or a game and a half back behind the Yankees for the last wild card spot. 
um, fighting with uh, Seattle and Detroit. It's just real bad. Um, but, uh, yeah, Yankees go in. Look good. Game one. Like, they, they win 6-5. to five. Nothing too amazing. I think the bullpen gave up runs late again in that game. Um, yeah, they so they were up 4-1. to one. They blew that lead. It was the middle innings. Um, but it uh, went to... I think that one went to extras. I think that was a doubleheader the first day. Yeah. So they won 6-5 to five in 9 innings. So squeak out an extra innings win. Then they lose the next three. And they lost... Like, not... They weren't even close games. Like, the offense looked so bad. Um, it's like they scored six runs in the first game. They scored five runs combined over the last three games. And they only mustered 14 hits in those three mm-hmm. games. Like, that's terrible. Like I the, we're talking about the Cardinals. I, yeah. Like, yeah. And, I, and I get that, like, Torres just came back from an injury. Yeah, like, Hicks just came back from an injury not too long ago. Judge and Stanton are still hurt. Like, you know, like, but cool. Like, other guys got to perform. Yeah, you know, like Gary Sanchez batting 130. Brett Gardner batting 180. That, that's gone down now because he, I don't think he did anything today. Um, yeah, like, even, like, Aaron Hicks is only batting a little over 200. Um, you know, like, Talkman, who started off real hot, is batting 244 now. Mike Ford, who's been, like, your everyday starting first baseman because they're getting him in the lineup, batting 140. Tyler Wade, who was filling in for Torres, batting 158. Um, and Duhar started to hit lately. Um, Estrada, it's like another guy that's getting regular playing time. Like, these guys are all at, like, 20-plus games played, but Estrada's batting under 200, and Duhar's batting 220. Yeah, like, um, they, like, Kyle Higashioka just came back from injury, but offensively he isn't doing shit. He's batting 230, 240. That's like, I'd rather them see like 40 year old Eric Kratz continue to bat. I mean, like he, he, you know, it's only played 10 games, but he's batting just under 300. Like just, yeah, like they, they brought in Jordy Mercer to fill in at shortstop. Um, he's bat, he batted under 200. Yeah. It's just so bad. Like you have LeMahieu who was batting over 400 at a, at a clip. And it was a big reason why the Yankees offense was clicking. He's batting 363 now. And it, the offense might as well be sleeping. So it's like if Voight doesn't hit home runs with LeMahieu on base, the Yankees don't score runs right now. Um, like Urshela's hurt. He's a 270 hitter. Stanton's hurt. He was batting just under 300. Uh, Judge is hurt. He was batting just under 300. So it's like when you get those three guys back in the lineup, that team looks completely different. But I I don't know when that's going to happen. I'd say, will you get him there quick enough? Right, like because it's we're coming down to the wire here. Yeah, like there there's tw- 19 games left. You know that it's like you're the chances of you catching Tampa Bay are pretty much done. Um, Tampa Bay did lose tonight, but the Yankees have one game in hand on Tampa Bay, and even if they win that game, they're still six games back. Um. After tonight, they have... So the Yankees play six games in six days. Um, and then it goes into like their last off day of the season. Uh, but they have two more against Toronto and then four more against Baltimore. Um, so at this point, like you're two games behind Toronto for the second place in the East. So you're... If, if you win out, you're tied. Um, like I said, I think Baltimore is a game and a half behind them. 
Uh, Detroit's like a game behind, like a, a half game behind Baltimore. Um, and then Seattle's right there, like a half game behind Detroit. Um, and then Seattle's also trying to catch Houston. They're only like three games behind Houston for the second place in the West. Um, but it's, it's just like, realistically, like there could be a, a situation, which is crazy to think this. So if Detroit turns it on and they, like, let's say Toronto or New York, one of the other wins out seven of the remaining nine games. So like the other team's going to take a big hit. Um, I think whoever really wins that, you're probably you're probably looking at them winning winning the second spot in the division. Um, the White Sox, Cleveland, and Minnesota are two, three, and four in the in the AL. Like the Rays have the number one record, and then those teams, White Sox, Cleveland, Minnesota, in that order, are the next couple records. And Detroit is fighting for, like an outside shot at a playoff spot. So if, say, Toronto beats up on the Yankees, and the Yankees beat up on Baltimore, so the Yankees and Baltimore just naturally fall off because Detroit's winning games, and Toronto beats up on the Yankees, so they drop. The Yankees beat up on Baltimore, so they drop. You could see, like, if Detroit sneaks in and takes that last wildcard spot, you could see four teams from the AL Central go to the playoffs. Like that's that's crazy to me. Like yeah, I would have eased yeah, like I easily would have said that the AL East or the AL Central is the worst division in the AL and they're now granted, like part of that might be that yeah, like the White Sox, Cleveland and Minnesota are playing majority of their games against Detroit and Kansas City and then Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, Milwaukee, you know, where like those teams haven't really been performing that well. Um, I know Detroit hasn't played St. Louis at all. They have the doubleheader coming up um, in like the week to come. Um, what they the Cardinals have two against the Twins tomorrow, their last off day, and then two against Detroit. It's like yep. Detroit hasn't played them. I don't know what the rest of Detroit's schedule looks like. Um, I think they have a series left against the Cubs. It's like they like they have some of their tougher teams left to play. Um, but even if they're in division, like they're they're probably you know it's Minnesota, Cleveland, Chicago. Uh, so it's going to be tough for them to win a ton of games, but I think that that's a big reason why they look so good is the AL Central and NL Central have those easier games, you know, because the the NL Central and the AL Central are have like the low end of teams in there. Um, obviously, Boston's struggling because I think Toronto and Baltimore are overperforming, um, and then. The AL West is a struggle right now because the NL West is so good with San Diego being as hot as they are and the Dodgers yeah. just being really good. Um, so you're you're just adding a bunch of tough games. Um, but it, it just I I wouldn't have thought like if you told me that four teams were gonna go potentially go from one division, I would have like my sixth guess would have been the AL Central. <laughs> 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 so. Um, yeah, cause like I, yeah, cause like I, I guess like I could, I could easily see, eh, I like most likely I probably would have guessed the NL East to be like the most likely to send four teams, um, and it would have been everyone other than Miami. Um, you, I, I could have seen like three teams going from the AL East, but it probably would have been Boston along with Tampa Bay and New York, um. 
I obviously I saw three teams going from the AL Central because you know, like Cleveland and Minnesota and the White Sox I had I had predicted. Um, probably like I maybe the AL West or the so maybe the AL West or the NL East would have been like my favorites to send four teams like Oakland, Houston, LA, and Texas would have probably been the four teams I expected from. Um, the AL West and that, like I guess like everyone other than Miami, um, this NL central probably would have been like next tier. Um, and then the NL West being below that. Um, cause I think that the three, four, like Milwaukee, Cincinnati is likely better than like Colorado, Arizona or Arizona, San Francisco or San Francisco, Colorado. Um, but yeah, like def- definitely last place would have been the AL central. Like, there's no way in hell I would have predicted that Detroit or Kansas City were even remotely close to sniffing a playoff spot halfway through the season. Like, after yeah. 30 games, I feel like Detroit and Kansas City weren't even sniffing the playoff spot last year when there were 162 games. <laughs> but after 30, or I guess after 40 games, I feel like they they weren't they weren't even there. Like, it's all. those teams that, like, aren't used to having fans already. They're just... <laughs> maybe plus 10 games, dude. Plus 10 games. Yeah, maybe that they just like it's not in their head anymore like maybe yeah. like they underperform because like they were just like dude no one will come see us play and now it's like it doesn't matter where they're at no one comes to see them play right. um and and it is interesting like i wonder if like the white Sox maybe like and like indians like if they struggle to play like to perform like they're younger teams so i wonder if like they if they've notoriously struggled like on the road like playing in front of large crowds um because those two teams are like tearing it up on the road um like the white Sox were 15 and 6 cleveland's 14 and 7 um other than that like it's like the rays and the dodgers are the only other teams that have close to that for an away like a road record um and they're the number one team in each or in each league so it makes sense um back there's like something like the phillies are well i guess miami (laughs) that's impressive because the phillies are like 14 and 9 at home they're 6 and 8 away the the marlins are 2 and 9 at home they're 16 and 9 on the road (laughs) yeah so they're like dude we've we've played in front of no crowd all the time we get it that's fine yeah Yeah, like the dodgers are 15 and 7 at home they're 15 and 5 on the road like everything is shaping up for the Dodgers just to run away with this World Series. Yeah, they'll run away with the regular season. I know, and, and yeah, so yeah, so right now their first, first round, round, yeah, their first round matchup would be against, I guess I would say, Miami, would be who I would give the the nod to. Uh, Colorado and Miami are both five hundred, but Colorado's played more games, so I would assume that like if you were to look at it that way Colorado would have you know a, a better record um because that's the other thing too is like when they're talking about win percentage so the Cardinals play like two less games than somebody um so what happens if like one team just goes like 30 and 30 and the Cardinals go 29 and 29 well now your win percentage is 500 so what do you do <laughs> like win percentage doesn't matter anymore uh, rock, paper, scissors, dude. Uh, potato sack races. Yep. Um, but and, anyway, like we kind of went all over the place with that one. Um, 
but you you asked like if there was anything they could have added. I think that, like starting pitching for sure needed to be added. Um, it wasn't very deep to begin with, um, with Paxton now being hurt and Cole struggling. Like, and it's it's not even like Cole's numbers are bad. Um, he just isn't. He's letting up like three or four runs, and then the offense isn't doing anything. It's like I think Cole is like four and three. Like his ERA is like three point something. I want to say, mm-hmm. um, yeah, three point six three. But he's four and three, so he's not doing anything bad. His big issue is like he can't keep the ball in the yard. Like he gives up more home runs than anyone known to man. Um, like he's only given up twenty runs or twenty five runs on the year. And he's given up 13 home runs. So, like, ha- like, more than half of his runs are the batter that hit the home run. Um, and I know, I want to say I think, like, it's, like, so he's given up 21 earned runs. And I think of his 21 earned runs, 17 of them were scored on a home run. Mm-hmm. Um, but it could be, it could be, like, 17 of the 25 now. Because I know he got hit around a little bit towards the end of his last start but like you know but like other than that like you have Tanaka 3.38 ERA through seven games one and two record um so I not like I'm I'm on board with that but then Montgomery has an ERA that's like almost at six Hap has an ERA just under five Paxson has an ERA that's like a little over six and a half um so just it isn't it isn't good um the bullpen numbers aren't all that great. Uh, Mike King's made a couple starts. He's got a 6.33 ERA. Um, Laswaga like looked good in his couple starts. Um, he's made three starts, two and zero as a 3.18 ERA. He's hurt, <laughs> so um, yeah, it just like it's baffling to me that they didn't add any pieces, and you you probably could have sold high on some of these guys that are not performing anyway, like an Adam Adovino. Like you probably could have dealt him to, you know, to Cincinnati along with um, some, you know, a, a younger pitcher, a younger starter, something along those lines and bring in Trevor Bauer for the, the last part of the year. Like just could have done something and they didn't do anything. Um, and again, like I don't, I don't take this year, this season, you know, extremely serious. Like sure. Everyone can say that there's like an asterisk next to winning the championship or whatever the case may be different I'm rules. Say that, but if my team wins, my team wins. Right. Like, well, that that's what's like our, our buddy, Steve, like he was like, isn't there an asterisk next to this and like next to this anyway? I'm like, yeah, prob pretty much for sure. But I'd rather the asterisk be next to my team's name than somebody else's. So like, I, it sure it may not hold as much weight. Like, yeah, 28 may not be as great as 1 through 27 for the Yankees, but it's still a championship. Like, they're still competing. I still want to see them do well um, and try to win. And I feel like they, they didn't. Like, they just sat still, and now there's a whole bunch of unknowns. And I, I feel like they're maybe looking at, like, shifting. Like, I I, I like Montgomery being in the, the rotation, you know, as a staple. Um, see, like what kind of talent you're going to get. They will get Severino and Domingo Herman back for next year. So like there there's 
answers on the horizon, but they didn't do anything to win for this year. And that's why I think like a Trevor Bauer or something like that would have been a good move. Um, give Cincinnati some bullpen help and you bring in a guy that you're just renting for the rest of the season. And then you like, if it doesn't work out, you can just let him go. Like you don't have to resign him, but like, you might like hat may be gone. Paxton may be gone. Tanaka may be gone. It's like, you, you might have a lot of holes to fill and Garrett Cole is human. You know, like he's not going to go, you know, 32 and 0 with a 0.00 ERA pitch a nine innings every game. Like this isn't going to happen. So yeah. Yeah. You'd hope he wouldn't just be giving up bombs. Yeah. Uh, I, and right. And it, uh, I'd like to say that like, can't keep up. With. Yeah. Like, and I'd like to say like, Oh, it's, it's Yankee stadium. They struggling to pitch at, but no, nah, it hasn't mattered like on the road at home. Doesn't matter. Just gives up home runs, um, yeah. and he'll and he'll pitch great. Like a lot of strikeouts. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's he's only given up forty three hits, but thirteen of them have been home runs. Yeah. Like in his his strikeouts, like he has seventy himself, and all of the other like the other four guys that have predominantly started like Tanaka, Montgomery, Happ, and Paxton. They're at seventy. Seven, uh, 86, 92 combined. So those four have combined for 92 strikeouts, and Cole has 70 on his own. Mm. Now, granted, like, Cole has pitched, you know, way more innings than everyone else individually. But, I mean, that's that's over 60, 90, 100, 102 innings. So, like, they've doubled what Cole has combined. So like Cole having more strikeouts individually doesn't surprise me because he's pitched way more innings, but they, those four have combined for 102 innings and what I say, like 92 strikeouts and Cole has 70 and 52 innings. So like he's, he's been pitching well, like I'm not going to be mad at it with a three and a half ERA. Like I would rather be closer to three, maybe like high twos. Um, but if he stopped giving up home runs, it would be great. And it's not even like they're cheap home runs. Like some of these have been upper deck bombs. Yeah. Yeah. They've been some long shots. Ozuna crushed him. Yeah. Like it's just, it's, it's just been, been rough. Um, but yeah, like they're like realistically, like I think for the Yankees, they have a shot at winning the division over their last 19 games. Like they legitimately need to go like 15 and four something like that to have a shot at it. Um, I think if they go, if they play 500, they might make it into the playoffs as a wild card. But I got, I really think that like they, they probably need to win like 12, 13 games minimum to like comfortably win, like finish second in the East. And that that's terrible in my opinion, like to need to play, you know, 600 baseball or better to really like secure your spot. Yeah. And that's like a, a, a 180 turnaround too, right? Like yeah. you have to like, in right, like starting tomorrow, yes, you have to start playing better baseball because every day you don't like, it's just, you know, Oh, cool. It's, right. We're not, it's not possible anymore. That's not possible anymore. And now it's definitely not possible, you know, so it's gotta be a quick turnaround here. Right. And, and again, like, and I, I guess, like, the Yankees aren't alone in, 
in that. I mean, like I would say like the, the Cardinals are in like a similar spot. Like they're, Mm -hmm. they're, they're a little bit more comfortable being in like they're in the number two spot right now. Um, and they have a ton of games in hand. Um, so the, the pressure isn't really there as much, but I mean, even with the, the nine games they have in hand, like they're still at a point that they need to go seven and two to catch Chicago. So like that, like over the course of a, of a time frame, like that's the same thing we're talking about. Like that's, you know, right around like 700, 800 baseball to catch the Cubs at this point. So you're realistically, you're probably looking at the Cardinals fighting for the, the number two spot and where they're what two games up on the Brewers. They have 10 games left against the Brewers. Yeah. So like it's, it's identical, but the Cardinals are the Blue Jays in this situation instead of the Yankees. Whereas if the if the Brewers, like they're a little worse than the Yankees because they're three games below 500, Yankees are one game above 500. But if the Brewers don't handle business, they're not going to make the playoffs, and the Yankees are the same way. So it's like it's a, a very similar situation. The Cardinals are just on the the lart like the better half to be on, like in that in that scenario. Um, but I, again, like with that, I mean, I, I, I think the Cardinals are doing what they need to. Um, I think a big part of it is they just have all of these games coming up in such a short period of time, um, that that's really, I think like the one thing that's working against them, um, took two out of three against the Reds, took three out of five against the Cubs. Like they're, they're winning series. And that's, that's really all. Like if you keep doing that for the rest of the year, you'll you'll probably be in the playoffs. Um, I mean, and I I guess in that logic, if you keep winning a series, like if you keep winning the series in the postseason, you'll be World Series champs. Right. Uh, yeah. So you gotta do is win series. Yeah. So, like if that if that's the route they're going, um, it it's like I'm still on the fence with what to make of the team. Like even after you know what they've played 33 games now. Um, so like we're a little over that halfway point for them. Um, and it's still really hard to read the team. I mean, like I bashed Brad Miller being in the four hole. And then like shortly after that, like he made me look like an ass, um, with the series, like with the two games he put together in, uh, Cincinnati. And we even talked about it. I was like, Oh, he's mad at me. Um, but let's take into consideration like where he was playing. Like, let's see how things continue after that. Um, and what in those two games, I was looking at it earlier. Yeah. So in the two games in Cincinnati, um, like, so in, in that series against Cincinnati where Carlos took two out of three, they, uh, what they won the first game, um, like seven to five. It's like pretty, pretty decent offensive showing. Um, they had just put up seven runs against the Indians. So significantly better given that the, given the fact they'd only scored six runs, the four games prior to that. Yep. Um, so blown up for those runs. And then they had the huge game where they had the 23 hits, 16 runs on Cincinnati and Miller went ape shit. Um, what he was like four for six, two home runs, seven RBIs. He only has 20 RBIs on the year and seven of them all game in one of those games. Um, then he went two for three with a home run again, the following game. That was the one that the, the reds won four to three. I think they, 
I think they won that game like in the bottom of the ninth or something like that, like their last yeah. at bat. Um, yeah, so it was, it was a close game. Um, but then since then, he went 0 for 3 in the game against Darvish, um, which he shut down a lot of people. So understandable. I think he only let up like two one hits. Hit. One, one, yeah, one hit. The yeah. home, yeah, the home run to Carpenter. Yeah, yep. through seven innings. So he shut down a lot of people. Cool. Um, but then he went 0 for 3 and 1 for 3 in both games of the doubleheader. So after after blowing up against Cincinnati, where he went 6 for 9, um, at this point now he's 1 for 9 in the series against Chicago. He sat the the game yesterday, um, and then he went 0 for 4 tonight. So tore it up for two games, and now he's in a 1 for 13 stretch. You know, so how much of it was him beating up on shitty pitching in Cincinnati in a very hitter-friendly ballpark. I get one of those at-bats in the 16-2 game. I think the like his first home run, or it might have been the double, uh, came off of uh, Sonny Gray, which is one of their better pitchers. But their bullpen's crap, and Sonny Gray didn't make it out of the first. Um, so a lot of those runs came against a, a crappy Reds bullpen. Um so I'm I'm still on the fence that Miller should not be batting for, like I'm in the camp that Miller should not be batting fourth in this lineup. Um, I mean Miller's not so focused on Miller, but Miller's not really your problem. Like we're we're so dependent on Miller right now because none of our outfielders can hit. Well, and well Bader's and really, batting two fifty now. Uh, okay, so he's batting a sneaky two fifty because like. He had a couple spurts where he hit pretty well. But that, uh, but that's but big, given that he was like 0 for 20 to like start the year. Like he was batting like zero, like 10 games into the season. So it's it's really like, like yeah, but like he's it's a that, candidate. He's a candidate for disappearance. For know? sure, he for can, sure. Like he can be kidnapped at the plate at any time, and we don't I know when that is. Completely so, agree. Like, completely agree. Just really like hoping and praying Brad Miller can come out any day and like do what he's done a handful of times now at this point in time, right? Because he's at least proven he can do more than Bader can. He gets any of the outfielders, really. And I think four, really, that sandwich between Goldsmith, like, going to kind of have to throw him, like, Kofi Goldsmith's on base. And, like, Paul DeYoung's, like, really starting to heat up right behind him. So, like, he's really in that spot, like, where you're going to have to throw him some, some pretty friendly pitches, I think, to hit. So, but I, I would agree, like, uh, there's not really much behind the young. So, but like, he's still kind of tearing it up even in that five position. So, yeah, I, I think that they need to get Miller into the two hole to help get Goldschmidt better pitches to hit. So Goldschmidt can start to show some of his power. Like he, granted he has four home runs. I think he's like second in the team behind Miller, maybe Carpenter has now Carpenter only has two home runs. So yeah, it's like he's tied with Fowler and O'Neill for second on the team in home runs. Um, but like he, he, again, he gets on base a lot. Like he's well above like best on base percentage. And then Miller's like uh, right there with him, like 462 for uh, Goldschmidt, 436 for Miller. Yeah. But I, so I think if you get like, Edmund at the top of the lineup who is going to get on base fairly often. I mean, his batting average is going up. He's batting, you know, 260 plus now. Um, and then you get Miller in that two hole. You're looking at having guys on base regularly for Goldschmidt and DeYoung. And I think that like they're both hitting over 300. They both have a ton of pop. Like they're probably going to be one, two and RBIs come the end of the, like by the end of the season. 
um, and like let them drive guys in. Um, I think the the big thing we talked about it earlier is like I don't get and other than like if they're making the decision that Matt Carpenter needs to play every day because we're paying him eighteen and a half million dollars a year, like we can't have him sitting the bench. I like that's the one guy that I think would be the odd man out. Like I I think yeah. that you would just let Miller play third base. You would have DeYoung, Wong, Goldschmidt in your infield. I Molina has the elbow injury and I haven't read anything on like how serious that was. Um, but you do have Kisner behind him, um, worst-case scenario. Uh, Weeders doesn't kill you behind the plate, but he's atrocious offensively. I think he got his first hit of the season tonight. Um, I, don't even, I don't even know if they counted that <laughs> as a hit because uh, I was looking at his stats earlier, and he didn't have a hit still. So gotcha. I don't know if that'll update tomorrow. Now, we'll yeah, and I know he's only played in a handful of games. Like I think he's only had like been in like seven or eight games, but Kisner's the same way, and Kisner's batting two fifty. So hopefully, like if Molina's hurt, you know, and with anything serious, like if it's a ten-day IL stint or Ooh. a couple games, um, hopefully Kisner's the one that gets that playing time. Sorry, Tatis Jr. just got hit in the wrist. Uh oh, that could be bad news yeah. for the Padres. Um, but so I think that like so so that that should be your everyday infield right now, um, and I think that that gives you the ability to keep playing Edmund out in the outfield. Um, I think that you have um, Bader, you know, defensively, he's probably your best outfielder and he's mm-hmm. hitting, like as long as he isn't completely gone at the plate, it'll, you'll, he'll be fine. Yep. Um, so if you put Edmund out and right, cause you know, uh, we'll pro- I, I don't know. I, I don't really know how good Edmund's arm is. I get he plays third base, so it's not terrible, but I don't know if it's like right field worthy. Um, so I think you, he's playing. I think he was playing right already. Right. So, it's so like right. It's usually like you're the lesser of the three defensively because there aren't as many balls that go out to right field, but that's usually also the one with the better arm because most of like you aren't going to have a whole lot of plays from the outfield at first. So you like the shortest throw would be second and third from the outfield for center field and and left field. So right field, because most of the plays are going to be at third or the plate, when you're trying to throw guys out, they tend to have a better arm. But either way, you could easily you know, stash Edmund out in the in a corner outfield spot. Um, you know, to because Miller probably isn't going to play, like probably can't play as well out in the outfield, although I think he did play some outfield throughout his career, but I think he's pretty notoriously an infielder. Um, so it's so if you go with Bader and Edmund, then it's really just that one other outfield spot. And when Fowler comes back, that's likely who you could fill that with, who, you know, is, I, I get, he's not very high on your list, but I mean, he's batting 280, four home oh, runs, 14 yeah, RBI. He's, so he's, he's having a good be, year. He's got to be in the lineup when yeah. he's back. That's for sure with this current lineup. Yeah. And but. he, and being the, the switch hitter, I think helps, you know, give some different looks to your lineup. Um, so, so really at that point though, it's how do you continue to find at bats? So like you have the, the DH spot available and so you have like, all right, Miller can DH, Edmund can move to third um, and you can get Carlson or Thomas uh, start out in the outfield or O'Neal. Uh, Carpenter can be your DH. You know, you can 
yeah, you have a lot of flexibility to take advantage of that DH spot to be able to move guys around. Like, okay, we're going to put Wong at the DH spot and just have Edmund play second, or we're going to move, like, we're going to have Wong DH today to get him a time off the field, and we're going to let Carpenter play second, you know, whatever, whatever the case may be. Um, the only person that really doesn't have someone that can replace him very easily is Goldschmidt. Um, I don't even really know who the Cardinals go to for like a backup first baseman. Um, but I don't yeah. think they've had to because I think, I think Goldschmidt's played. Or Nagowski or whatever. Yeah, because I, uh, I think Goldschmidt's played in every game so far this year. Yeah. So like, I, I don't know. Um, like I, I get those guys have, have been there, but I feel like you like I know Carpenter played some first like I think like you know something along those lines would be where you would stash him because I think he's just gonna give you better at bats than Ravello or Nagowski but yes you could go with those guys I don't know I, I guess I don't know the flexibility that they have in terms of like calling guys up and sending them back down in this current environment um, like if you can just be like, hey, we're going to give Goldschmidt a day off. So we're going to send, you know, pitcher X back to the alternate site and we're going to call up Nagowski for this one game, give Goldschmidt the day off and then we'll send Nagowski back and Goldschmidt can be back in. Because um, like I said, like, it, it's just I'm a sure lot of games playing, left for the Cardinals. I'm sure only playing 60 games, though, the Goldschmidt's like throw me out there for sure Pro- probably like i yeah i fully anticipate goldschmidt to play you know 55 plus games without a problem um you know as long as he stays healthy um and it'll it'll probably be closer to like 99 percent of games played um will be there um but it, it it's just it's i guess one of the one of the things like if Goldschmidt went down, I don't yeah, know. Like that would be <laughs> that the would be like rough. I feel like that would be the like that's really like the one position that the Cardinals don't have a solid backup option at this point. Um, not not that you need one, I guess, but um, we definitely need one. We'd have to replace like a pretty productive hitter in our current lineup. Right. Well, three. So yeah. right. Well, I think I think offensively, like it you're you're not just going to have a guy come off the bench like that's a, a Paul, like you're not going to have a Paul Goldschmidt stashed on your bench like that level of like no team's going to um you know it's like if they if they did like they would just be somewhere else in your starting lineup right yeah they'd um, be DH right. yeah. so it's it's like you're you're the offensive production is going to have to be picked up by other guys performing like the next up mentality, like what the Yankees did last year, uh, what the Yankees did early this year, um, you know, for, I guess for the first half of the games they've played, like they looked great through 20 games and they've looked real bad through 19. Um, so like that, that to me is really, really it. But they, the, I guess like where I'm not sold is that they're, they're beating up on the teams that they should like they they are a better team than Cincinnati um but like sweeping a team I I think is is tough to say like oh you should you should beat them all three games um I think that that's it's a a hard sell um so they won two and then they lost a close game and I think that that's acceptable in that series um 
like even in like the series against Cleveland, like before that, they got blown out. They lost a really close game, and then they won. A, then they won, and they won pretty convincingly. Like, and I, I think that you can you can take that. Like, if a couple things go differently in that middle game, the Cardinals take two out of three against a really good team. Um, the Cubs are are a good team, and you know, like Cardinals managed to you know take three out of five. Like, um, what I think. So I think they split with the Cubs on the Yerks, right? The Cubs took three out of five the first time they played. Oh, I don't know what the season split is, but yeah, even yeah, my so, parent. Yeah, so I think they're five and five against the Cubs, which, like, if that's what you do against the better teams in your division, like, it, like if you were telling me like going into the year, like the Cardinals are gonna split with the Cubs, go five and five, they're gonna, you know, like you're you're probably in a pretty good spot. You're like, all right, like all you gotta do now is just handle business against Milwaukee and Cincinnati, which I think they've, I think they beat up on Cincinnati for the most part. Yeah. Well, yeah, we're about to play Milwaukee a bunch. So we'll yeah, well, they happens. haven't they haven't played the Brewers at all. Like they have yeah. two two five game series in the last you know in the last thirteen days of the season. They played yeah. ten games against the Brewers. Normally, you think like, oh man, it's a lot of games. Like you only play three other games against non Brewers. No, <laughs> yeah. no, not the case. They play eight other games on those days that aren't against the Brewers. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so they've played seven against the Reds already. Um, three more coming up. Yeah, and what they they took three out of four the first time, and then two out of three. So what is that? Five and two against Cincinnati. So then that's that's kind of what I would expect. Um, you took two out of three against Pittsburgh, and then got uh, swept. So you're you're the the big yeah. downside is they're two and three against the Pirates, and they have five games left against them. Yeah. Uh, we haven't beat Minnesota. We went two and one against the Royals, one and two against Cleveland. The White Sox two and one, but we're done playing them. So right. So and I we get... went five and oh tonight's game doesn't I don't think count on this. So yeah, we went five and five against the right. Um, and so like four games against the Twins. I I think if you go, you know, one and three, two and two would be ideal. Um, you're in a tough spot. Like you only got the two games left against them. I don't know who is expected to start for the Twins. Um, the next two, like tomorrow in both games, but you could you find yourself in a spot that you're you're able to to maybe salvage a little bit. Um, I think realistically, you should probably beat the Tigers. They they probably should have went three and one, four and zero oh against Detroit. At if I'm making preseason predictions. Oh, dude, Martinez is, looks like he's starting tomorrow. Carlos Martinez? Yeah, versus Jose Barrios. Oh, that's rough. That's their ace. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So that's, uh, that's a tough draw. Um, but yeah, so, so you figure if they take two out of three against Cincinnati again, what, we said they're five and two, so like seven and three against Cincinnati, I think that that's reasonable. Um, I think that you probably need to take – you need to probably sweep the five game series against Pittsburgh to be happy. Um, I think seven and three against any, any team is a good showing you're two and three at this point. So if you don't take all five, like I think going five and five or six and four against Pittsburgh is really bad for the Cardinals. Um, mm-hmm. It's like you, you probably were, if you took five and five against the Cubs, you're probably in like that seven and three, eight and two against Pittsburgh probably in like that six and four seven and three against cincinnati and then you're probably like five and five six and four 
against Milwaukee. Like all of those, I think, are realistic expectations, and they're at a point where like they can do all of that this year. Um, they just need to show up big against Milwaukee. Um, the downside is that there's the games against Milwaukee are all lumped together so closely, and there's three doubleheaders in those ten games. And the Brewers' bullpen is really good. And, like, Hater pitches, like, 90 innings a year. Um, yeah. So their middle relief is kind of shitty. But they do have a couple arms that are good at the back end of their bullpen. And, you know, the six of those games are short in the seven innings. I think gives gives Milwaukee, like, it kind of removes their, their weakness um, a little bit. So it'll be tough, but... You're you're at a point where you're one game above 500 right now. You're playing a doubleheader against the Twins tomorrow, or one of the better teams in the league. Um, so you're very realistically staring down being below 500. Um, who do the what do the Cubs have on the on the docket for tomorrow? Um, let me go. They, they have. They're playing Cincinnati. Um, that's right. They have Cincinnati and Milwaukee uh, is what they they have together. So like you're like part of you kind of hopes that like you're you're torn. Like if the cause if the Cubs lose and you don't win, now Cincinnati and Milwaukee are starting to reel in the Cardinals. And if the Cubs do win, then it just kind of solidifies like like if if the Cubs win and you win, like you're you're pulling away in second place if the cubs win and you lose then you're like okay we control our own destiny we just need to beat milwaukee we need to beat cincinnati fine but if the cubs lose and the cardinals lose well now you're just still for you know still probably out of distance for the cubs but milwaukee and cincinnati are both now right at your heels and you still have to play 10 games against milwaukee so it makes those very high pressure situation um because if Say the Cardinals do get swept tomorrow and the Cubs win against Cincinnati, which is pretty realistic in my opinion. You're at a point where you're eight game. You have eight games in hand um, for the Cubs, and you need to go eight and zero in those games in order to tie them. So, like, if that happens tomorrow, you would be like. Four games back, I guess, technically. But you need to, to win all eight of the games that you have in hand. And they would be at 35 games played. So there'd be, what, 25 games left? And, like, you're... Like, it's just not a whole lot of time. And a, a ton yeah. of things that you need to pick up. Like, you're just probably looking at second place at that point. Like... Don't worry about trying to win the division. If you happen to reel them in over time, great. But like you're, it, it's just a, a lot of, a lot of, a lot would need to go right to to be able to catch Chicago. And I think that's yeah. the same boat that the Yankees are in with trying to catch the Rays. Like just that ship has sailed. Hope that Tampa Bay beats everybody that they play, um, and then yeah, like just get into the playoffs and then try to figure out how to get it done at that point. Um, so at this point, like just let the Cubs beat Milwaukee, let the Cubs beat Cincinnati, let the Cubs, you know, beat up on whoever they're playing. Um, I guess those are really the only two teams that it'll matter. Cause 
they aren't going to play any of the other teams in the division or in the other divisions. So, um, but I, at this point you're just like, let LA and San Diego beat up on everyone that they play let Atlanta and Philly beat up on everyone that they play. So like just get everyone else below 500. So if the Cardinals float around 500, they're, they're just cool. We'll take the number two spot, you know, and we'll, we'll figure out the postseason when we get there. Um, and the Yankees are like, yeah, cool. We'll limp into a wild card spot, and then we'll we'll have to play the Rays, and we'll lose 2-0, and it'll be fine, and we'll just go play golf because we <laughs> just suck. Enjoy the golf course, a little yeah. disc golf, you know. Yeah. Maybe we'll get a couple of them on the interleague disc golf, you know, throw. Yeah. Um. So I saw, like I I was at least able to confirm. I know we talked about it a little bit, and we assumed that that's what it was. But um, one of the Yankees games, they were actually talking about the the playoff breakdown. So it is like the seeding for playoffs is the division winners get one, two, three second place teams get four, five, six. And then the wild cards are seven and eight. And each group of those is decided by your overall records. Like the three division winners, like doesn't matter how many games you win by or anything like that. It's just what, what's your record in comparison to the other two division winners. That's how you get first, second, third. Um, so I think like, as it stands right now, if the, if the postseason started, the Yankees would play the Rays in the first round um, and what the Cardinals would be the number six seed. So they would play the Cubs because <laughs> I guess the, the Braves are technically a half game in front of Chicago right now. Yeah. Um, so that, that'd be interesting. That, that would be a lot of fun for a first round playoff Cardinals, Cubs, Yankees, Rays. Like we would be, that'd be pretty hyped up. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't want that would, to be the case. I don't want to play the say, Rays. I would feel. I would feel better as a Cardinals fan than a Yankees fan, just because you know we've at least played the Cubs kind of evenly so far. Yes, we yeah, did not Rays play the Rays. Have your numbers. So. Yeah, Rays. I think took eight to ten from the Yankees. Now, again, I think it really is dependent on like what Yankees team is able to take the field three weeks from now. Um, if Urshela, Judge, Stanton, if you know, like Paxton, if those guys are all back healthy and they're they're performing at somewhat normal capacity, I I will take the Yankees to be the favorite to win out the AL for sure. Like, but I if I'm being honest with myself, I don't think that that's realistic. I don't think all of those guys will be back. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I, I guess like if I if I had my choice, so if the if the Yankees were to get in as a wild card, so they're gonna play a division winner for sure. Um, I I honestly think that I would want them to play. Man, I I don't know. Like. I'm I'm gonna say, sim- simply based off of our previous success against this team in the postseason, I'd really like <laughs> I'd really like Minnesota to win the AL Central and that to the Yankees play in the first round is like the num like the number seven team as a wild card, which I realistically they're not like if they're a wild card they're gonna be the eight seed because they're like four games back behind the other wild card team, um, which is Minnesota right now. <laughs> but but Minnesota Minnesota is only like they're twenty six and seventeen, and then Cleveland and Chicago are twenty six and fifteen, leading the division. So, um, so 
I guess realistically, I really like Minnesota to beat up on everyone else that they play, which would include them sweeping the Cardinals tomorrow. So I'm sorry, yeah. but not happening. Not happening. Uh, but uh, re- ideally, though, the Yankees will not finish on a wild card. They will finish second in their in their division, um, and in doing that, they're probably looking at like they're probably looking at like no no higher than the number five seed. I don't think they'll catch the other team in the AL Central. Um, they're just too far back i i think five games over picking up five games over the course of 20 i think is very tough um you would have to go 15 and 5 even if that other team plays 500 baseball which would be worse than what they've been doing all year to this point so like it's just there's not a not a lot of time to make up five games in my opinion because you don't play them head to head like it's it's real easy to pick up five games like you know yankees in toronto Yankees could, even if they get swept in this series and they're four games back, well, they still have seven games left against Toronto. So head-to-head, they could just easily close that gap if they just went out. Um, the Brewers and the Cardinals, perfect example, like we were talking about, like they have ten games left against each other. The Cardinals could be nine games up on Milwaukee, you know, going into that stretch, and Milwaukee could close the gap. So, like, when you get to play head-to-head, it's a pretty big deal. So when you're talking about catching other teams in other divisions, like, you just need a ton of help. Um, and it, it's just not realistic in my opinion. Um, so if they took that number five spot, they would play the other team. Like, so like that, that's really where I would like to see it be. It's like Minnesota finishes second in the AL central Yankees finish second in the AL East. And that's the four five matchup. So they get the twins in the first round, um, is what I would like to see happen. And, well, I guess what I like to see happen is the Yankees not lose a game for the rest of the season and catch the Rays, but that's not realistic. Yeah, so that's think... <laughs> uh, super. That's what's going to happen. Right? Yeah, so I think realistic possibility, that's the matchup I'd like to see for the Yankees. Um, but I guess it's got to start with taking care of business against Toronto tomorrow and Wednesday. Um, for the Cardinals, I guess, what? if I'm thinking we're going we're going to go 5-2 and two over the next seven days. We're going to split Minnesota, we're going to sweep Detroit, and then we're going to take two out of three from Cincinnati. Yeah, and I I think that that's pretty, pretty realistic. I think that's what I threw out, too, is that, like, the, you know, um, like, five and two to round out the week would go a long way towards staying in the hunt for the division. Um, so... Like, I, I think that that's reasonable because I, I think that even if you get swept by Minnesota in the doubleheader tomorrow, you're you're very capable of taking all five of the other games. Um, so I think if you can split tomorrow, it gives yourself some leeway in the, in the other games against Detroit and Cincinnati. Um, but I think it's you're it's still not a bad bet even if they lose both tomorrow to still say that like we'll be talking about how they went five and two in this stretch you know when we record yeah. next week um but what they're i think they're the cardinals are realistically probably gonna look at like the number five number six seed as well um and i i really don't know which would be better um i guess for the the Cardinals, like, it would probably be better to take the six seed and, like, fall behind Philadelphia. Because, um, I, I, personally, like, I would rather play the Cubs than the Padres. But in the same sense that, like, the Yankees have a really good track record against Minnesota in the playoffs, 
the Cardinals have just like dominated San Diego in the postseason. Um, mm-hmm. So so maybe like that magic continues, but San Diego is just such a good team. I mean, like they would be leading the division in any other division. They're just in the division with the Dodgers, who have mm-hmm. you know video game numbers going yeah, on. Yeah, it's right just now. not it's not fair to be in theirs. Yeah, like they're they're just beating up on on everybody. You know, like I think they're leading the league in run differential, and I think they're like second in the league in runs scored. Um. Yeah, yeah. It's so like the Dodgers are outscoring their opponents by 98 runs in their 42 games, um, and the only team that scored more runs than them are the Padres. So a yeah. lot of I'm, lot of offense going on. Yeah, I'm sure Dude, that's an a, exciting team to watch from their. Uh, there's a lot of offense team. going on in the NL in general, man. Jesus. Like, cause then the, the Braves are third in the league. It's like the top three teams and run scored are all from the NL. That's, I feel like that's a rarity. In fact, like that normally isn't the case. Well, we got the DH now. So, you know, I maybe, yeah. Cause I like you, like you hear about like all the teams that hit all these home runs last year, you know, like the Yankees in Minnesota, like they're like the Yankees are plus four and run differential. And I well really I guess the they're now they're negative because that doesn't count tonight I don't think or no it does it does count tonight they're at a four game losing streak now so they're only plus four on the year like that's terrible yeah it's not good yeah especially when you started the game and or started the year and you were probably like after the first ten or fifteen games you were probably like what plus twenty something like that yeah. Yeah, because that's like that's right where the Cardinals are. Now yeah. the Cardinals obviously they don't have a ton of runs scored in comparison to other teams, but they've also played way less games. So like they, I mean, like they probably have like you know somewhere between like six and nine games to make up on pretty much everybody. So them being you know like they they have the lowest number of runs scored in the NL Central, but like they're like ten runs behind Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's played. 39 games. Well, I guess that's not too bad. Right? Yeah. 39. Yeah, and the Cardinals have played 33. So, six games. But 10 runs over six games should be pretty doable. If the Cardinals only score 10 runs over the course of the next six games, they're probably not going to be 5-2. Yeah. <laughs> Although, I mean, like, the pitching for the Cardinals has looked really good. And, like, I think that that's quietly been, like, their strong point. And may- maybe not even necessarily quietly. Like, I just feel like they don't get as much recognition. Yeah, like, where we were talking about, like, what some of the other numbers look like. Like, like Wayno, 2.68 ERA. Like, that's what I'd like yeah. to see from Cole. Like, that yeah. kind of ERA. Um, Kim, you know, has got a, a sub-1 ERA. And, you know, Grant's only been 20 innings. But, I mean, that's that's pretty stellar. Um, Flaherty's sub three Hudson's just a little over three. Um, you don't really have like a solid number five right now. Um, but I mean, like it, it obviously would have been, you know, miles Michaelis had everyone been healthy. Um, you have Carlos Martinez who's coming back. Like Martinez hasn't been good. Um, yeah, he's been back like five or six, seven, eight times now. So, well, and he's, and he's only he's only made the one start and he got shelled and I'm pretty yeah. sure his one start was against the Twins. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so like it, it's been a long time, but I mean like he's he's pitched 
three innings, giving up six runs. He's like a 14 ERA, and it's against the team he's going to pitch against tomorrow. So tough draw for sure. Um, like Reyes, like I, I think if they extended him out, like if they would have known that everyone wasn't going to be healthy, but it's like normally you would have Miles Michaelis. Um, Ponce de Leon, he's been meh at best. Um, really been a weak link. Um, that what's his name? Aviedo or whatever. The guy that's kind of been yeah. filling in as a number five starter. He Aviedo. hasn't been, he hasn't been terrible. Um, I would just like to see him get deeper into games. Yeah. So what is he like? 21, 22, 22. Like yeah. yeah. He's definitely young, but, like, and that, and it's not, not that he's pitching poorly. You know, like I, he's, yeah. he's got like a four ERA. I would love it if like Paxton had a four ERA. Yeah. You know, um, he just hasn't, the depth really hasn't been there, um, which I don't, I don't know if he was a starter or not last year. Um, I don't know how much they're opening guys up at the alternate site. Um, and again, like you said, like he's young and the Cardinals have the perk that they have a pretty deep bullpen. Um, like if you know, like, okay, like we have Aviato getting ready to go. So you We're have, game. Yeah. right. So you have guys like Gomber and Gant and stuff like that. Like you try to avoid using them. Like these guys that can come out and get multiple inning outings, you know, like especially like a Gomber, you know, like that he can get you one plus innings, maybe go two innings. Like it, it allows you to really extend that. So if you're like, all right, like we just want to get four innings out of Aviedo. If we get a fifth, which he's just shy of five innings to start, like by one out. So really like, I guess five innings isn't terrible, um, especially if that's your game plan. Um, he does seem to struggle kind of like that second time through the lineup. He gets it around a little bit more. Um, so I think that's what kind of happened to him tonight. Is that who started tonight against the Cubs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's what kind of started. I know we got hit around a little bit early. Um, so maybe that wasn't the case tonight. Um, who did they open it up against? No, yeah. So I guess it was like he gave up one run in the first but then he gave up a run in the third, a run in the fourth, and two in the fifth. Um, granted, two of those were unearned, but like that's where he looks like that's where he started to get hit around. Was like that those later innings, you know? Yeah, there was some, three, there four, was some five in today's game that caused those two runs. So uh, maybe getting out of those innings would have helped him out a little bit today. Then him actually went going five innings today or into the fifth inning it was a little deeper than he's been. So right, but, then, but and then but needs to know, consistently kind of show that right and then get out of a five exactly um and again like Hendricks went eight innings um Cardinals hit him a little bit I mean seven hits over eight innings isn't terrible um Hendricks has definitely shut guys down more like I would say that's a way better showing than what they did against Darvish you know um but Hendricks just he pitches efficiently and I think he pitches the contact like he only had four strikeouts but if you aren't like if you're just getting out, then that's what allows him to like get into that groove and pitch deep into games. Um, Cause while I keep pitched like Hendricks threw 97 pitches and he went eight innings and Aviedo threw 96 pitches and four and two thirds. So, um, but I mean, you got three and a third out of some of the young guys, uh, Webb, Elledge and Kaminsky, and they gave up two hits, two walks. In that time frame, um, so I was like, it, it's just, it's if Aviado can start to perform to the point where he's getting through that second stretch through the lineup, 
um, and he's getting you like a solid five innings where he's maybe giving up like a run or two or less. Um, occasionally, like on an efficient pitch counting, like he's getting you that quality start, getting you the sixth inning. Um, that'll go a long way. But but he's young, and I don't think reasonably you expected him to be in this role at all when yeah. you know the year started. No. Um, like you, you know, you anticipated having. Um, you know, both Michaelis and, you know, I guess it, assuming Carlos Martinez is going to be healthy, is probably a bad idea all the time. Um, but Ponce de Leon's probably better than what he is performing at right now. Um, whereas like he's made four starts and he's only lasted 12 innings. So Aviedo's definitely performing better than him. Um, and he's your, your number five guy, a uh, tough draw that he pitched tonight against Hendricks. Um, like if you get him, like and I, and I guess like I I wish the teams were willing to have their starters be a little bit more flexible, um and kind of pick the the pitching matchups a little bit better, um like you ended up going with a bullpen start instead of Hudson in a second game, but it's like um our sorry and the the fourth game, the third day of the series, like you pushed Hudson back because Kim ended up dealing with his, his injury where you know, he's got something going on with his kidney. I, I don't think it's a baseball it's related Andrew. injury. Uh, yeah. Something like that. I, I don't think it's baseball related. And I don't think he's expected to miss any more time than the, the 10 days minimum. Uh, he's kind of like, he's kind of like Fowler just got something else going on because of COVID. We're keeping him out. All right. Um, well, I don't, I don't think, Kim's COVID related? Oh no, I don't think he's COVID related. Oh no, because Fowler is his medication makes him immune deficient or whatever. Right, because the because if it were if it were COVID related, then it would be there. There's no minimum or maximum. So like as soon as he was good to go, they could just bring him back. But because it isn't COVID related, they had to put him on the 10 day IL. So they have to wait 10 days. Um, so I know Kim was like retroactive back to Wednesday. So he's, it's already been, you know, almost a week for him. Um, even though it popped up what I think he was supposed to pitch Sunday, right? Cause Hudson pitched yesterday in that game. Yeah. So Hudson was supposed to pitch the second game of the doubleheader. Kim was supposed to pitch on Sunday. So when that popped up on Saturday, they were like, like, and he had to be hospitalized. They're like, cool, we'll just have this, the game tonight, the second game will be a, a bullpen start, and we'll push Hudson back to Sunday. Um, so they match, like, bullpen to bullpen. But, like, I, like, it's always interesting to me to see, like, Flaherty pitched against Darvish, and so you're like, okay, well, we're going to throw our ace against their ace, and Darvish beat him out. So you're like, all right, well now we've already thrown our best pitcher, and we lost the game. So it's like, I, I would like to see teams be like, cool, like we're just gonna throw like Aviedo against the other team's ace. You know, obviously in a playoff scenario it's different, but in this case where it's like a five-game series, like cool, like we're just gonna try to, we're gonna try to beat Darvish and get a reasonable start. Like that's that's what we're gonna hope we do. Like. I'm not going to bank on Flaherty throwing seven innings of scoreless baseball and us win one nothing. Like I'm going to just hedge our bets, take the loss to Darvish, assuming that their Cy Young candidate's going to outdeal whoever we throw. But now we're going to have the pitching advantage in the next four games of the series, and we're going to take four out of five. 
like I I would have much rather seen like them try to to match it up in that way. And I I guess like it's kind of hard. Like you don't want to move Flaherty from like, hey, you were gonna pitch against Darvish, but now we're gonna sit you for four days and have you throw against Hendricks, yeah. um, you know, or whatever the case may be. But like I would have liked to see them shift stuff around. Like cool, like this is gonna be a bullpen game. Now we're gonna throw Flaherty in game one of this doubleheader. And now, then we're going to have, you know, Wayno to go, like, instead of pitching Wayno in, in a doubleheader, we'll have him go the next day, and we'll have Hudson go the next day. Um, so I forget who pitched in between. Um, so, you, or, so you had Aviedo. So you could be like, all right, like, we're going to have him pitch here. And I don't and I don't know how long it was, but, like, you could have went with, like, Ponce de Leon against their bullpen start like okay like this is who we're going with and you know now you have you just want like a six starter kind of thing like a full bullpen and then your worst starter going against like their bullpen which is really terrible like i I, it's just interesting to me that teams don't try to do that more often like all right we know they're throwing their ace like that guy that you probably aren't going to shift around so we're going to be more willing to shift our guys around yeah, I think that's just. I, I think it's just too much, though. You kind of expect like, uh, if we're gonna have a good game against them, like we're just gonna have a good game against them, right? So, I don't know. I don't know. I think you just kind of set that up. And if it falls to like that, you have to shift it around a bunch. Yeah, but I think other than that, like, I mean, you just want guys pitching every five days. No, I, I, under. So in a in a normal season, I completely completely agree. Like I, full on get it. Yep, like, creature's a habit, this is what you're doing, you know, whatever. But you're at a situation now, for the Cardinals especially, that you really aren't going to be on that normal every five-day rotation because of the amount of games you have coming up in the rest of your season that you're you're going to have to get creative anyway. Because, like, what, they they have, um, what, the 8th through the 27th? So seven, fourteen, so it's like twenty days left in the season with one off day, and they have twenty-seven games to play. Mm. So like you're you you aren't going to be able to just consistently throw a guy every fifth game because normally they're going to have four days of rest. So if you go four days of rest, like all right, well you're losing two starters, and then you have an off day, and then you're using two starters. So you will have your, all of your, everyone in your rotation will have pitched, you know, like if you wait, you're looking at, you know, two days that you would have to have, like you're going to need a sixth and seventh starter. And that's just this week. It's like, you're going to have to do a bullpen game and something else. And then all five of your starters will start a game. Now, one of like 10, 11 people start a game. Right. But some of that's because like Martinez got hurt. Kim's hurt now. Um, You know, it's like some, some of it's more due to injuries. Like one of those starts you're going to grab with Martinez. I don't know who the twins are. Like, I know you were able to see that like Barrios is starting um, game one. Does it show you who the predicted starter or the projected uh, starter is for game two? Yeah, it did. Hold on. It was. Because uh... <laughs> I'm bringing it up now, but I didn't know if you still had it up in front of you. 
I didn't have it up in front of me anymore. Uh, Do- Dobnak. Yeah, yeah Randy Dobnak. Dobnak. Um, I mean, which at first but, glance is numbers there. And again, it's like they're throwing Ponce de Leon. And Ponce ain't been very good. So. Right. And so I feel like you're – so it's interesting to me. Like I, So, again, like I don't know where everyone's at. So one, two, three. So it's been three days for Flaherty, right? So you'd be throwing him on three days rest if he pitched tomorrow. And then everyone, everyone else. So like, it's just you're, so you're at a situation where you're, you know. So th- this is kind of exactly what I'm talking about. It, I guess it just worked out this way, but you're probably you're facing a Minnesota team that's the best team you're playing over the course of the next five, like of your next, you know, six days, seven days of your season. So you need to get two starts from some outside party. So now you're going to throw Martinez and um, Ponce de Leon. And you're like, cool, worst case scenario, we lose both games to the Twins. But now we can come back on a regular rest and throw Flaherty, Wayno. You know, hopefully Kim's back. Because um, it's, it's like he should be back for, like, I think, the Sunday start against the Reds. Um, you know, Aviedo would be able to go on Saturday on four days rest. It's like normal rest there. Um, so, and then you have Hudson in there and Hudson would be able to pitch on Friday. So you're probably looking at a point where you're looking at, so the doubleheader against Detroit would be Flaherty and Wayno, Hudson, um, Aviedo and Kim, ideally for the Friday, Saturday, Sunday series. So they like, it worked out this way. And so may, maybe that's where they were like, Hey, like this is why we're going to move guys around. But if Flaherty pitched on Saturday with Wayno, they both would be set up to pitch again. Um, now, you won both games in the doubleheader, so it ultimately didn't really matter. But that's just where it would have been. Like, it, Rather than having that bullpen start in the doubleheader, just throw your bullpen start against Darvish, calling it a wash. Like, hey, like, we're probably going to lose this game, but now you have Flaherty or Wayno to pitch against the Cubs bullpen, so you're going to get that win back. So you're like, cool, like, we're just going to hedge our bet. Like, maybe we get lucky and we beat Darvish, but we're going to expect that our ace handles business as well. Now it was like, all right, well, their ace beat our ace. Now we need their our bullpen to beat their bullpen, which is a little bit more sketchy, in my opinion. And it set it up. It's like, I think they're doing the right thing here, but it just worked out that scheduling-wise, that's what you had to do. But if say if you were if you could start Wayno and Flaherty in this doubleheader, if the Cardinals lost both games of that doubleheader to the Twins, who have a huge offense, now you're in a situation where like you have to have two bullshit starts somewhere else against the Tigers or the Reds, and you could potentially lose those starts as well. And now that's when you find yourself like, well shit, now we lost four games in the seven game stretch where we probably should have only lost two. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's it's just the I guess making the active decisions to be able to do like to have it work out that way. Um, I, like I said, in this case, hindsight, like you won both games in the doubleheader anyway, so it didn't really matter. You know, you were probably looking at going three and two in that series either way. So Flaherty, like you weren't going to push Flaherty all the way back to like, I, I guess like the, the difference would be you had like the bullpen, and then you, you have Flaherty still. It's like maybe you have Hudson go on that day and you would move Flaherty to have a the nine-inning game. But again, like I don't think you'd want to shift a guy by more than a day. So that's why like, the doubleheader would have been ideal, but you won both games anyway. If, say, the Cardinals lost one of those doubleheader games, 
the the point I'm trying to make would probably make better sense. <laughs> but it, it's just interesting to me that teams don't do it. I'm just trying to use the Cardinals as an example. Like, not yeah. that like, the Cardinals did anything wrong. Like, any team. The Cardinals is just more apparent because of all the games they have left to be made up that you're going to have to get creative in this sense anyway. Um, so, like, it would be, like, better suited for, for me, I guess, like, a better example would be, like, you know, if you're going to have a bullpen start, let your bullpen start be against Milwaukee and their ace in that five-game stretch that you're going to play and not have it be like, hey, we're going to we're gonna throw a bullpen start against the Royals and then we're going to line up all of our best pitchers against the Brewers. But our one of our guys is going to be Aviato going against their number five guy. Like five games in the last four games of the season say you need to win those games like set yourself up to like throw your throw your bullpen games against Kansas City to give your best five pitchers a start against Milwaukee. Like don't don't be like, all right, cool, well let's let's just it's it's Flaherty's turn to pitch, so we'll have him pitch on you know, the on Wednesday the twenty third against Kansas City and then we'll have him for the last game of the season in case it happens to be relevant, because it may not be, you know, or whatever the case may be. So it's like just nope. We're, we're going to line it up where our, our ace, like we're going to go one through five in those last five games against Milwaukee and start to set that up now. Like, you know what your schedule is. You know you have these six doubleheaders coming up. So start to work out. Like, all right, if everyone stays healthy, this is what, this is what we're going to do. This is who we're going to utilize. Or, like, it might even be like, this is going to be a – a start and it could be Reyes. It could be Ponce de Leon. It could be Gomber. Like, so we're going to have one of those guys here, one of the guys here, you know, whatever. Cause obviously like if someone gets shelled, like if Martinez doesn't get out of the first tomorrow and you go to your bullpen, well now like then what happens if Ponce de Leon also gets shelled? You know, like who are you calling up? You got to get some bullpen arms up, you know, whatever. So like there's unknowns that could come up for sure. But if you're like, all right, everything goes, somewhat normal this is what we're gonna do and i feel like you can start to position for that now not saying that they aren't but i feel like teams don't that there's like let's figure today out today like let's let's look at like the next like this next series and that's all we're gonna care about um but the yeah, cardinals I mean, have so many games that i feel like you can't really go that route here yeah it's yeah, just those six double headers are are very daunting to me so yeah, nope, going to be a lot, and I think we're going to see kind of that same thing, right? Like, we hope if we had a Wainwright and go all seven, like, we'll see how long we can consistently do that. But, like, you know, Jack Flaherty, if he if he's at a high pitch count in the fourth inning, like, I don't think Schilt's going to be afraid to take him out like he's proven time and time again so far this year that if you're not pitching well and you're in the fourth or fifth inning and you're getting a high pitch count, like, we're taking you out of the game and we'll move to the bullpen, so... Hopefully that doesn't have to happen a lot in the next couple of days. We just get some deeper starts, but right. uh, I think I think we're in for a pretty deep pitching matchup. I think we're going to see a lot of pitchers over the course of the next seven days. Yeah, so I, I guess like to to wrap up our our teams moving forward. So like I said, Cardinals five and two. I think realistically the Yankees are a point now with losing tonight. Like I feel like it was five and two for them as well, including tonight. Uh, like the first game against Toronto. So with two against Toronto, four against Baltimore, I really feel like it, they need to go five and one or six and zero oh, um, to really like start to feel comfortable with where they're at. I don't think they will, but I think that's what they need to do. Um, and I think the Cardinals, like we said, they need 
they're they need to be like that five and two stretch for this. Um, Agreed. So yeah, I think it's realistic that we go five and two, but I can definitely see we're sitting here talking that we did not go five and two. So right. Um, so we didn't really touch on it last week. Um, Cause I, so I, I guess it's become more apparent to me hearing more about him with what took place in the baseball world yesterday. Um, but that kind of wraps up everything. We're, we're about 10 minutes away from the two hour mark. So I guess this is like the last little topic that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously um, Lou Brock passed away yesterday. Um, which, you know, was pretty heartfelt, you know, and Cardinal Nation especially, um, just to kind of give him some love. So it was kind of all over the, the broadcast for the Cardinals game yesterday. Um, a lot of stuff on the Cardinals website, obviously all over MLB. Um, but it was, so it's crazy. Like, I didn't realize that there was such a connection between him and Tom Seaver, who passed away just you know, like six days prior on the 31st, like last Monday. Um, so I was reading an article earlier about the, the, like how intertwined their careers were. So Mm -hmm. Seaver played for 20 years and Brock played for 19 and during, like in their careers, there's no batter that faced Seaver more than Lou Brock. And there's no pitcher that faced Lou Brock more than Tom Seaver. Like they face each other 157 times in their career, and that's the most for both of them. Towards like hitters, hitters face the number of times they face a hitter, or the number of pitchers that a, a batter faced. That was that's the most crazy. in their career for both of them. Um, and I, I, I think that like so Seaver held Brock to a 250 batting average, and he struck him out 21 times and only walked him four times. I think that's pretty good numbers against a guy like LeBrock. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's not bad. Um, they both were given the same nickname. Uh, they were both nicknamed the franchise. I thought that was interesting. Um, obviously, both are in the Hall of Fame and it was well-deserved. Um, so, I guess, like, whatever afterlife you want to call it, like, Field, Field of Dreams-esque type stuff, like, the NL team got a hell of a lot better um, with Seaver and Brock both joining the team in the last week. Um, so baseball lost some good ones. Um, and then, uh, was well, there's a, another story, I guess like Tom Seaver, like had told this story in a couple different interviews. So the, the 1967 all-star game was like Tom Seaver's first all-star appearance. And I think he was like 21 or 22, whatever was young kid. Um, especially for that time frame. And Seaver said that he probably looked like he was more like 16, 17, like, um, even seeing interviews of him later, like he reminds me a lot of like how Brad Thompson looks like he's like 12. Um, but he wasn't, you know, but, like Tom, <laughs> Thompson just had like that young face. Like that's kind of what Seaver struck me as like, and seeing the interviews and stuff like that. So when he walked into the clubhouse, uh, apparently like Lou Brock, yelled at him, like, was like, Hey kid, like get me a Coke. And Seaver's response was get your own fucking Coke. Uh, I'm on the team. And Lou Brock's response was, "Who are you?" <laughs> so, I thought that was pretty good. That like that like being kind of their first interaction. Apparently, like, they joked around about it for like years to come. But I, I didn't know that they were so in tune. Like, obviously, like I'm familiar with who both guys are. Um, being a Cardinals fan at all, like you 
it's hard to not know the name Lou Brock. Um, right. We we experienced a, a relatively like eye opening moment where a buddy of ours thought that Lou Brock was white. He didn't like, in all honesty, like he was not aware that <laughs> Lou Brock was a black gentleman. Um, so I thought that was that was pretty funny. Like that was like so astonishing to me. Like man, like how do you live in St. Louis and you not know that? Um, but he is a Blackhawks fan, so maybe that's why. True. San Diego wins this game, Dan. Um, yes. but yeah, it's like, obviously like, and I'm, I'm sure you're in the same boat. Like, you, you know who they both were, obviously, you know, the name Lou Brock, but it, I, I probably only pay more attention and know more about like Yankee history. And really it's, it's only cause like a handful of players like that sixties era would be, you know, like Mickey Mantle, Roger Maris type stuff, like in the early sixties. Um, yeah. So, and really like, so it's just like kind of snippets, like not like, I wouldn't be able to tell you like, oh man, like this is where they're at or like their career numbers or anything along those lines, like to, to the point where I could with like present day guys. Um, but obviously respect for, for where the game came from. Um, so it just sucks to, to lose them both. So, so close together, but I thought it was insane that like they, their, their careers, like they seemingly intertwined so much and then passed six days apart. Um, I think what well, I think Brock was 81 and Seaver was like 75. So not super young, but plenty of people definitely live to be older um, nowadays. So um, I th- think I think both were I don't, I, I don't know if you would consider like natural causes like cancer and stuff like that. Like, I don't know if that's considered natural causes. Um, yeah, I like just battling health issues for a long time but it wasn't like a you know plane crash or car accident or you know drug overdose or something like that so just yeah, it wasn't it wasn't unexpected right like it, it was just you know shitty all the same but definitely could have been worse ways to go i guess uh, but yeah so props to those two they will be missed hopefully they're yeah. uh back into their youthful days and Playing, playing the game they love. Stealing some bases in memory of, you know. Yeah, start yeah, to run. Let's get on base a little bit. Let's steal some ba- Let's steal some bags. Yeah, you just got to get, you know, the guys that have some wheels got to start getting getting on base. You know, Bader's starting to. I I think he he's started to figure it out, but I agree. Like, he he will definitely be like that guy you would put your money on if you're like, hey, who. Who's had like a four-game hitting streak and now isn't gonna get a hit for the next thirty at bats? Like Harrison Bader would be one of those guys you'd throw out there. Right, so, you've now bought into him, and yeah. uh, he'll disappoint you. Yeah. yeah. Um, I feel like Fowler's another one of those guys that could just disappear yeah. at the plate at any moment. Yeah, and he only hasn't had a chance lately because he's been Hurt. not playing. Yeah. But we'll kind of see. It even scares me more that when he comes back, like he has been out so long. Right, like, is he gonna be able to to find it, you know, or whatever? Yeah. But and and nobody stepped up while he was gone, so you immediately have to play him. So correct. Um, yeah, like it's it's the the outfield options are full of guys that in a normal season would be in Memphis right now. Like mm-hmm. like O'Neill wouldn't be trying to figure it out at the major league level. Carlson, Thomas, like those guys would all be in Memphis right now um, if this were a regular season. 
Like, if this were last year and this were going on, those guys would all be in Memphis. Yeah, but then who would you play in the outfield? Um, I don't, I don't know. Someone else. Max Schrock. You know, whatever. <laughs> I mean, he's also batting 170, so probably not him. Uh, Ravello's batting 140. Um, I don't know. I've, they, I mean, Ho, Jose Martinez is gone. Uh, Randy Rosarina is gone. Mm-hmm. He he hit it. He's one of the guys Oscar that hit the Mercado's home. Gone. He's one of the guys that hit the home run off of Montgomery in the Tampa Bay Yankees game on Wednesday. That's You're welcome. Son, You're that's welcome. Son of a bitch. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I I guess that's a great question. What? Who else do they even have? Like, there's no way that like all of their guys are up here. Like, there's no way. Yeah, Lane Thomas is kind of like the. Uh... Yeah, oh, that uh, so yeah, that's another guy, Justin Williams. Oh um, yeah, Justin Williams. Austin Dean's a guy that they brought in in the off season. Um, so those are like the other two guys that are on the forty man roster that aren't currently at the major league level. Um, what if we just go non roster? Um, um, I would imagine, in all honesty. If you were in that situation, you would probably see guys like, um, like at this point, like, um, like Nolan Gorman may be up, um, probably not playing in the outfield, but you would have he, him in the field and like, Edmund right. In the and like Edmund would be out in the outfield, something along those lines. Like you would just be switching up your, your lineup, yeah. um, It's like maybe like you're you you'd see like I don't know if like Herrera has like any capability of playing like first or anything like that like the young catcher um, something along those lines or like if Weeders has ever played any first base it's like maybe you try to shift some guys around that way like if you're gonna give Goldschmidt a day off but Goldschmidt never takes a day off so I feel like you lose a spot that you could kind of stash a guy for a day you know where it's like what 2018-esque that like Molina played a couple games at first I think <clears throat> so yeah I guess I, like that's kind of worrisome that like yeah. ev- everyone and their mom's kind of up on the 40-man roster like yeah, well, we're running out we're running out of outfielders and like we just have so much pitching like well, all we've done is draft pitching in the last couple of years and like we're just kind of running out of outfielders. Like we got some other players in some other positions, but outfielder, like we were at one time, like in riches of outfielders. And slowly but surely, we've gotten rid of some of the better ones and kept some of the not so good ones because they were like team friendly, cost controlled, high prospects. Like you can use this, like oh well, they're just you know like we'll just give them some more at bats, like it'll be fine. Like, it'll be fine like well now we're at that point like we're just giving people at bats and like we're not doing fine and so yeah no i agree it's like it's it's super worrisome like that we don't have an outfield plan when we had an outfield plan yeah i mean because it's it's but it just doesn't seem to be working yeah i mean it's tough (laughs) to see like you said i mean like mercado obviously is a big one in cleveland 
Um, but I forget what they brought in in that deal. Uh, was that because we didn't trade? Like they didn't trade for Miller, did they? Like they signed Andrew Miller as a free agent. Yeah, we signed Andrew Miller. Was that and, uh... the Jake Westbrook trade? No. Oh, we got a uh, outfielders. Connor Capel and Jan Torres. Oh, so they just did a swap for what for prospects? Yeah. Jeesh, hey, missed the they they missed it there because what last year looking at Mercado's stats he bat like two seventy fifteen home runs. Yeah, maybe one Torres know, is supposed to be like the guy though. You know, well where where's he at? Is he even on the forty man roster? No, he's not. See on the non roster? No. He's not. Who? That John Torres guy. He's not even on the like uh, he's he wasn't a prospect. He wasn't even he's, he's top prospect. Yeah, but he's not even like in the Yeah, we're the not player pool. His... What yeah, he's playing seen him for like another year or two. Yeah. To be fair, Oscar Mercado last year hit 269. Oscar Mercado this year hitting 137. So, yeah, I I I feel like and anything this year you gotta kind of take with a grain of salt. Like I feel like a lot of guys are on shorter leashes, stuff like that, um, because the player pool is so big. Um, yeah. Like because under normal circumstances, like where you say like, oh, the Cardinals have they've used so many guys. Uh, starters and like so many bullpen arms have been able to be utilized like that. Well, under normal circumstances, they would have had four less players than what they did to start the year for like the first two weeks of the season. They would have not had 30 guys. They would have only had 26. So it would have been like, you would have had to see guys continue to, to go. Like you, you would have had to try to figure out like, Hey, like who, how's this going to happen? Like, you know, um, Bader, for example, or like O'Neill, like those guys start making the team out of camp. Like you would, they would have had to struggle through it. Um, or you're like sending them back down to Memphis to make room to bring up, you know, Carlson or yeah. Thomas or something along those lines. Like you, you can't just have them all at the major league level. Um, so I feel like that that's probably part of it too. Cause like looking at it, like Mercado's only played in 22 games. So I don't know if he's been hurt. Or if he just isn't playing every day. So I think that that, that might be part of it as well. Um, but I guess if he if he just broke into the majors last year, and he was 24, and you know, Torres is 19. So I guess at that point, as long as you, you see him up and he's successful in the next five years, it worked out. It just isn't working out for you right now, um, which is normally what the Cardinals try to do is like that win-now mentality. Um, especially after the year they put together last year, coming off of the three years prior to that. Um, I would have liked to see them try to make more of an effort to move forward. Um, but they, they didn't really do anything. Like they were like, we're going to, we're going to go with our youth. And, uh, as I know, we talked about it. Like, I think the Cardinals are in a prime situation which and maybe the deals just aren't out there so it's it's really easy for me to say like oh they should have made these they should deal from depth and offer a whole bunch of above average arms for one really good one like landon a blake snell or something along those lines 
So it's really easy to say that, and I think that it makes sense in my head. But if Tampa Bay is like, yeah, if you want Snell, we need five prospects, you know, then you're like, get fucked. <laughs> like, not not going to happen. Right. You know, unless you're San Diego. Then you're like, sure, yeah, we'll give you six guys for Mike Clevenger. That's fine. Yeah, whoever you want, no problem. Yeah, whatever, dude. Uh, you just can't have any of these guys. Like, yeah. you can have all of our all of our A-minus prospects, but you can't have any of our A-plus prospects. And they're like, cool, well, we'll take these three. And they're like, all right, deal. You want three of these three major league guys, too, that we don't really care about? And they're like, sure. Like, all right, here you go. Done deal. Ooh, easy. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, then, what, you also would have had, I'm, I think Rasmus, it, it was fine. Like, he didn't really amount to be what, was expected. He's never really put together at the major league level. I, I don't think his his head was where it needed to be. Um, what was it? Tavares, the kid that passed away. Uh, yeah, Oscar Tavares. Yeah. Um, so I mean that that was obviously a tough blow. Um, but I really think like just the the one that you that didn't work out that probably hurts the most in my opinion is Tommy Pham. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I, I mean, Randall Gritchick starting every that, day. That's, well. that's what I was going to yeah. say. Like, um, I was actually just going to look at what Gritchick's doing and then Piscotti. Um, so Gritchick, I mean, like, yeah, it's like, I know in with Toronto, finally having a decent lineup where there are other guys that are worrisome. Yeah. So he's played in 35 games for Toronto Gritchick's batting 280 with nine home runs and 26 RBIs. Yeah, I'll take that right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, 40 for 143, eight doubles, nine home runs. Um, struck out 34 times so far. It's like once a game. It's not It's not great, but it's not terrible, uh, yeah, especially in today's day and age. And Piscotti, I don't. I don't really count that one as much. Like, I feel like that was just like a good will move to let him move off the team. Like, no, I, and it was I, good on the Oakland athletics to also like work that out. Like, like be able to find a mutual partner so he can be closer to his mom, like through the last bit of her cancer or whatever. Like, no, I, he definitely missed some games throughout his career in St. Louis just cause he couldn't be here. So no, I, I get it. I, and I agree. Like, I, not that like it's, Oh, what a dumb move. Like I get why it happened, but you were obviously going into one situation expecting something, you know, it's like he was, you know, going into like that 20, like year, like 27 age year when they traded him. Um, you know, he's only been like at 250, 260, 270 type hitter, like in that ballpark, the three years he's been in Oakland right now. Um, but I mean, he, you know, 27 home runs. Like, it looks like he only played 93 games last year, but he had 13 home runs still. Um, but, like, the full year, like, the first year they traded him, he played 150 games. 27 home runs, 88 RBIs, batted 267. Um, so, I mean, I, that's I, – I, I would take that as an everyday right fielder. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's, it's just tough breaks. Like, if you think about all of the guys that they've moved – and then where they're at now, it, it really isn't all that all that terrible. But I like I would think that Fam and Gritchick are probably the ones that hurt the most. Um, and really it was Fam's year last year. Like he hasn't really done much this year in San Diego. Um, 
but in Tampa Bay in 2019, he had a pretty decent year. But again, like as a 31 year old, like 21 home runs, hit 273, like you you probably weren't getting far from that production. Like what did Fowler do last year? He's probably similar in age. Yeah, it's like Fowler was 33 last year, 240, 19 home runs. So Fam had a couple extra home runs hit for a little better average, you know, but Fowler wasn't going to, isn't going to kill you in that regard. The worst thing about Dexter Fowler for the Cardinals is his contract is on godly, in my opinion. Like they way overpaid for him. So, uh, I mean, so I guess in, in the grand, yeah, in the grand scheme of things, I guess like it isn't like they aren't in that bad of shape. It just, it seems like their mentality is like the whole, like, all right, like let's let's move it on down the line. Like, all right, not these kids, not this time around, not this time around. And then like, so so really, I guess like the Tavares uh, Tavares aspect, like where it wasn't of their own fruition that it came that it played out the way that it did. Uh, so that that was a bit of bad luck. But everyone else was like, all right, we have these other young kids, like we're gonna give them a chance. So I guess at this point they're finally going that route, you know, with. Thomas and Carlson and um, like O'Neill's not that old. Um, Bader's young. So it's like they finally have that full core of guys. It's just Fowler that they have to get out of the picture now. And then you have a pretty youthful outfield. Um, and if they can start to hit on a regular basis, you'll be in really good shape for years to come because a lot of them are under team control. Um, but they haven't done that yet. Like none of them have really looked like everyday starters at the major league level. Mm. You know, so like they look like, you know, like they, they all hit like their seven, like number seven, number eight in the lineup type hitters, you know, and like if this were a normal year and you take say like, you don't even have Brad Miller really in the lineup on a regular basis because you don't have that DH role. Like what, what do the Cardinals look like? You know, if the pitchers are batting this year, you know, like, do, are they, are they then willing to sit Carpenter? Like, it's, you know, cause like I get Carpenter's been DHing, but you know, like, you know, they're, they're trying to keep his, his bat in the lineup, which I don't get. Like, I don't think Carpenter's really been that bad defensively. I would think that his bat is the reason why you don't want him in the lineup. Yeah. But you know, like they DH him and they're like, cool, just bat for us. Maybe you'll hit, but. So, who knows? Um, we'll see. But yeah, we're we're at our time. We're a little over our time, like two hours, ten minutes. So, it's a good good episode. Yeah. Um, you got anything else you want to throw in or add or anything like that? No, I'm good. Cool, cool. Well, uh, yeah, don't forget to uh, pour one out for Mr. Brock. Uh, Cardinals doubleheader tomorrow against the Twins. Yankees try to bounce back from a shitty inning against the Blue Jays. And uh, hopefully we'll have uh, more positive news for you next week for uh, episode 19. Cool. It's up if you want more asthma classes. <laughs> I forgot all about that until right now. <laughs> way, way to bring it back. Good callback, Chris. Good callback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and that's not sponsored. But yeah, yeah not, not sponsored by anything asthma. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, so uh, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for giving us a listen. And until next episode, stay cool. Bye.